Nothing wrong with the skin colour at all. I think all white men should have a black man as a slave, or a black woman as a slave, you know. It's, it's nothing wrong with skin colour, it's just they're a lower class than us white people, you know. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, on behalf of, uh, Tory politician uh, Andrew Edwards. Um, that, was, that, was, that was just a just a momentary lapse. You know, what I mean, just he doesn't mean it. It's a joke. You know. Oh, <laughs> uh, the worst part of Kevin's chutney. Bring the noise. Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've all had a good week in the circumstances. So that was the voice of Tory councillor uh, Andrew Edwards, who. Also, as I'm reading here in the London Economic, uh, is also as a magistrate. He also sits as a magistrate. Out fucking standing. A conserv- conservative county councillor is being investigated by party chiefs, allegedly saying, Are we serious? What? Where's the allegedness in this? Please tell me. We caught that man in whatever the audio version of 4K is. We caught him in flack. <laughs> we caught him in MQA. We caught him in hi-fi. Okay? We got him. Like, that. that's it. We got him. Dip whatever the fuck you got. Fuck your Tory councillorship. Fuck your magistrate ship or whatever you want to call it. Position there. Fuck it all. Because that is outstanding. In 20. 20- 23 we have a Tory councillor on wax wax saying quote I think all white men should have a black man as a slave or a black woman as a slave there's nothing wrong with skin colour it's just that they're lower class than us white people good luck explaining that Mr Andrew Edwards good fucking luck Anyway, how are you all doing? Hope you're doing well. I just love it, man. I just love it. It's just, um, just, it's just, this is it. This is what we need. Like, we need this mask off shit because people just don't fucking get it. They really don't get it. They, they, they should get it. You think all the policies are just clearly, um, dedicated to keeping up the status quo of fucking over the lower classes the the non-white contingent of our country but sometimes we just need that the, the people just need that audio they need audio like that just to just to tell them just to, just to fucking tell them that pieces of shit are are making decisions okay and they are in our courts okay and this is unacceptable, okay? That's all it is. 
That's all we need. We need these people to be fucking rooted the fuck out. We need their names in the brightest fucking lights. Okay? Jesus Christ. (sighs) But don't get twisted again. Okay? He, He may be a Tory. Okay? But Labour's trash as well. Okay? Don't get it twisted. Because Labour, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Labour is Tory light, okay? It is the saver menu at McDonald's, okay? They are the 110 cheeseburger to the Tory's Big Mac. They are the uh, the iPhone mini to the, to the Tory's iPhone Pro Max. They are the S23 to the Tories S23 Ultra, okay? That's what they are. That's what they are. That's all these politicians are. They keep up the status quo, okay? And if they, even if they are progressive, they get fucking killed in the media for the littlest shit. Meanwhile, I have to look up Andrew Edwards and only see a couple of articles about him. Why is this dude not on every fucking paper? Okay, this was yesterday, by the way. Okay, uh, he's on. I see a BBC News. Um, I see another BBC. Dot, I see a BBC.com. I see a BBC.co.uk. It's the same. London Economic, ITV.com, Metro, Mirror, um, and that's pretty much it. Why is every newspaper, every publication, every notable fucking, uh, 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 uh um. Uh, uh, broadcasting entity. There you go. Why is this dude not up in fucking lights right now? I know it's just a Tory councillor, right? It's just a county councillor and a magistrate. But fuck me, does this not hold some weight? In 2023, we're hearing people in actual with with actual genuine power in certain in re- relative power. He has power. Okay, let's not get it twisted. Again, let's not get it twisted. He has power. Okay, he has decision making power. All right, in not just politics but also in law. Magistrate, come the fuck on. What are we doing in 2023? We have people saying this. Are we serious? Is this what we're doing? I need this dude up in lights. I need this dude up in lights. Anyway, I wanted to get out of the way because um, I, I, I saw it just before I was recording. I was just like, oh, this is a good intro. This is good. This is <laughs> good fucking intro. Love it. Love it. Love it. And that's not the first thing we're going to be switching things up with. Um, but I've done I've done the intros before, but, you know, it's, it's different. But, you know, we're going to switch up this episode. Um, we have two articles um, and also a long read to get to, to, to finish up the show. Uh, the second half of the show, uh, but yeah, we have a two, one society and one music, and uh, and, and a long read to finish off. Uh, so let's. Uh, I I said I was gonna. I'm thinking about testing it. I said I was gonna do it a couple of weeks ago. I I, I I I talked about thinking. I talked about me thinking about it, and I'm gonna pull the trigger. So let's see what happens. See if you guys enjoy it. See if I enjoy it as well. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But before that, for before we begin, email, socials. Writing, all that, all that, all that in the full show notes, as well as the music and podcast under the 5 VPN. We celebrated Digging in Digits fourth anniversary just on Tuesday. Technically, it was on Monday, April 10th, but we had an episode drop on Tuesday as well. Um, it's over, it's just under two hours. Um, talk about a lot and a uh, bit of reflection, bit of games at the end, and a nice existential question in the middle. 
um, as we love to do. So, uh, yeah, man, just some intellectualism, hip-hop intellectuals, you know what I mean? That's what, we, that's what we're about. Um, so get into that if you want to get into that, and obviously all the other podcasts under the 5pm. But with that said, let's get some what's good going. Let the beat drop, and let's get into the show. week where cancer and heart disease vaccines quote ready by end of the decade see how that works i guess uh john ra wins the masters classified u.s intelligence documents leak on discord servers out fucking standing uh the nba playoffs begin shout to the heat taking an absolute spanking uh, by the atlanta hawks and now their playoff hopes hang by a thread to play milwaukee and get bust up by Milwaukee but then again who knows because they're playing like dog shit right now but anyway and lastly uh, reggae sound system pioneer Jar Shaka uh, dies um, big legend and as I was um, as I was like reading up on him and literally as today as I record um, the dude was had tours the, du- the dude was doing shows like he was he was he was touring he was doing shows um, he has tour dates Obviously, I don't know if that's going to happen. Obviously, yeah, going to happen anymore. Um, but boy, it was working, continuing to work. Um, always a working uh, sound system uh, DJ. And, um, you know, he's been doing it for decades. He was doing it for decades. And, uh, yeah, shout out to him. Uh, RIP. Uh, so let's begin with society. And we're going to get into the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the skyrocketing, quite literally, of anti-trans hate in this country um i've you know i've noticed it right it's hard it's hard not to notice um these days um you may participate in it who knows i in in anti-trans uh hate good for you i guess um get your fill but um you know you're on the wrong side of history on that point um but yeah it's wrong and um I didn't realize how prevalent it was. You know, there's there's there's, there's the usual people. You know, what I mean, there's the usual just like nut jobs, just trans trans like that. That you know, the moral panics, bringing it over from the US and having the same fucking moral panics over here. Fucking, this whole country is just a bunch of Ameriboos. Honestly, it's just like oh, we want to be America so bad. Talking. Like, I'd surprise me, and we ain't talking about banning abortion yet. It's like let's bring in guns as well. Let's just let's just be America. Why the fuck not? Because you know we, we're going into private healthcare. Um, why, why the fuck not? Let's just do it. Let's just go full America. Let's go. Let's get some guns in. Let's just bring it. Bring, hey man, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go for it. But anyway, I digress. Um, so this article is by L. Folan, um, who is the um as I scroll to the bottom here, uh, founder of Stats for Lefties, and also economist, and this is uh, via Navarra Media, um, and it's called, simply, uh, Welcome to Turf Island, uh, how anti-trans hate skyrocketed in 156% in four years, which I is crazy statistic to think about. Um, and there's also a little, uh, I forgot what the subheading, I guess, is what it's called, I forget what it's called. Uh, the Daily Mail actually published 115 articles on trans issues in January alone. And I wonder if those are positive. Um, so, yeah, let's jump right in. 
plenty of um, uh, graphics here as well um, in the article. So I'm obviously not going to describe the graphics, but there are plenty in here as well um, plastered. So uh, be sure to get into that as well. Um, so you get some visuals as well if you really want that. Let's jump right. Uh, 2018. Then PM Theresa May published an LGBT plan, action plan, uh, that included the protection and expansion of transgender rights. Quote, we can be proud that the UK is a world leader in advancing LGBT rights, uh, she said, as she promised to make gender recognition process as intrusive, acknowledge the existence of non-binary people and condemn transphobic bullying in schools. Another quote, everyone in this country should feel safe and happy to be who they are. Uh, uh, I'd added petty mordaunt. Fucking Harry Potter ass name that is. Honestly, I, I I genuinely keep thinking just Harry Potter as soon as that name comes up. Uh, the equality meant at the time, and to love who they love without judgment or fear. Unquote. Just four years later, their action plan reads like something from a parallel universe. Hate crime against trans people is up dramatically, and public attitudes have hardened against trans rights. The rising tide of hate has not occurred in a vacuum. Increasingly, politicians have at worst used trans rights, uh, trans people as scapegoats and at best chosen to look the other way as the mainstream media has churned out a metric ton of stories opposing trans rights. Anti-trans hate crime was already high when May's plan was published with 1,700 cases reported in 2018, but since then it skyrocketed, increasing by an eye-watering 156% in four years to hit four. 300 in 2022. Hate crime has been on the up across the board in the last decade, with the total number of reported cases rising from 44k in 2012 to 119k in 2022. That's a 271% increase. But trans people have fared by far the worst, with cases rising from 300 in 2012 to over 4300 in 2022. That's an increase of nearly 13%. 100%. The rise in hate has gone hand in hand with a shift in attitudes. Uh, in 2018, voters were relatively relaxed about trans women accessing women's spaces. By a clear margin, they said that trans women posed no genuine risk to cisgender women. Now, uh, more now believe the opposite. Outstanding. Um, and to describe the because I said I wouldn't, but I feel like it's needed. Um, it's gone from uh, 43% of uh, no risk of harm to 32. This is December 2018 to May 2022. And risk of harm has gone from 29% to 39%. And that's uh, off a YouGov poll as well. Um, or YouGov stats, anyway. Uh, in order to understand what we can do to shift views back in the other direction, it's worth considering who has turned against trans people and what might have driven this. One survey in 2022 showed that two-thirds of Brits simply don't pay any attention to trans issues, with only 35% actually showing any interest. Those who show more interest in trans issues are far more likely to hold favourable views of trans people. Meanwhile, those who pay no attention more often hold negative views. It seems clear, therefore, that the hardening in public opinion against trans rights has been driven almost entirely by people with no real knowledge or interest in trans issues. Uh, another graphic, um, as with so many issues, the split is also stratified by age. Among older voters, only 24% actually pay attention to trans rights. Among younger voters, the figure is as high as 50%. We know that older people are far more likely to get their news from newspapers and broadcast media. Their opinions, therefore, are more likely to be influenced by the mainstream media than by, say, personal experience or social media. Research by trans rights activist Mimi Mum 
suggests that UK media has published an average of 154 articles on trans issues every single month over the past seven years. That's a total of 13,500 articles focusing on a minority group that makes up just 0.1% of the population. Britain's most read newspaper, the Daily Mail. Wow, that can't be first the most read newspaper. That's absurd. Wow, let that wash over me. <laughs> has certainly has uh, certainly dramatically increased its coverage over the past few years, comparing the first month of each year. Shows a rise from six articles in January 2013 to a jaw-dropping 115 in January 2023. That's a rise of, <laughs> of 1,817%. It's not just a volume of coverage that has affected the national mood towards trans rights, however. Uh, it's the negative slant of the articles. While neutral and positive coverage has remained largely flat since 2013, the Mail and others have begun to publish a large number of critical pieces. Of the 115 Mail articles on trans issues in January 2023, 100 of them, which is 87%, could reasonably be categorised as negative in comparison to zero negative articles in January 2013. Negative articles published by the Mail last month include, quote, now Aretha Franklin's song, Natural Woman, is deemed offensive to trans women. Labour again in hock to extreme ideology. And show sense on gender. With a press this <laughs> opposed to trans rights, it isn't really surprising that the general public is turning against trans people. So how do we reverse tr- hardening attitudes and growing hate crime? As a driving force behind the problem, the media must also be part of any, any solution. Making the mainstream media listen often feels impossible, but trans allies in the US have generated headlines this week with powerful coordinated demand uh, from hundreds of New York Times contributors that the paper improves its coverage of trans people. Staff of The Guardian have tried to do the same in the past. Perhaps now is the time to try again. Something uh, must give, that much is clear. When I wrote about attitudes of trans people in uh, in 2021, attitudes to trans people, by the way, uh, in 2021, there was still some evidence that the public was inclusive towards trans people despite their poor political leaders. This is no longer the case. Public opinion has become far more sceptical of trans rights. Hate crime is rising exponentially, and even notionally uh, supportive politicians are now genuinely hesitant to stand up for trans people. Without a doubt, we are now living on turf. Ireland. Um, turf, if for those who don't know, means trans exclusionary uh, radical feminism or feminist. So, yeah, um, and you know, just to say, um, this is probably the second, I think, I, I can think of trans topic I've covered, covered in the past year. So, you know, even in my minuscule reach as a podcaster that, you know, occasionally does well most of the time does like you know current affairs and you know just uh time sensitive things and you know that kind of stuff you know that's not much right two in in about a year i would give or take i remember doing one i don't know when but i think it was sometime last year so let's say a year um you know and i know that was in defense because i know for a fact it was in defense because I'm in defence of trans people, right? You know, I respect trans rights and all that. Um, I don't have a, you know, I, 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 I've been not reading up, but um, I've been thinking a lot about um, uh, Audrey Lord recently. I remember doing a, an episode about Lordian rage, 
um, and how to how to be angry kind of thing. Um, one of my favourite apps, um, one of my favourite pieces that I've, that I've read in recent memory. Um, it was very fascinating. And um, I was thinking about her recently because, you know, I was angry recently um, and I felt in just a, I didn't know how to express it, you know. Um, and I can imagine that, um, you know, people that are trans or are in close proximity to trans people, and I'm not, by the way, that I know of, <laughs> you know, uh, nobody's told me, but um, I'm not in any, uh, you know, close contact with any trans people, right? 0.1% of the population that's 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 very small, okay. It's it shouldn't this this the whole my whole idea towards this is that this shouldn't be as big as an issue as people are making it out to be. Um, you know, I watched a video uh, from Philosophy Two, um, uh, um, who is is wow, um, <laughs> who is a uh, uh, a transitioned woman. See, I'm trying to get the words right, and um. She was talking about um, how she had to send so many emails to the NHS and, you know, she did protesting and activism towards the subject. And it was a very powerful video to watch. I highly recommend it. Um, just type about Philosophy, Philosophy Tube NHS and it should come up first. Um, and she does it very theatrically as well. I think, I think she's an actress and a playwright as well. So it comes very naturally, of, of course, to her in that case. Um, it's very well done. And, um, you know, I just, I always think about that kind of video and the, and just the effort it takes to just let them be, you know? And that's kind of what I'm, why I stand on it, right? I'm just like, bruv, just let them be who they are. <laughs> it's not, I, it's not deep. It's really not deep. And I said this before, um, probably for the, in the first time I talked about it last year, uh, on this, on this pod, is that, to 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 make that undertaking to change your life th- like that in such a in such a way where you know for a fact some people won't fucking like it some people are going to get pissed off about the fact that you want to change your life in that significant fashion they don't understand it they don't like it and they think you shouldn't exist you know um, and those obviously varying levels and have levels inside those levels, right? That's, um, that's a lot of energy to me. And, um, you know, I, I don't have energy to, uh, to, 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 to cater to that kind of mindset. You shouldn't care if anything, um, but then again, you should care because these are people that these are a subset of our of our population that are overtly just getting a microscope put on them, and the microscope is wrong. And the and the microscope is wrong. The com the person holding the microscope, holding it to your to your eye, and then they're just whispering shit in your ear, going, "You see that? Those are fucking demons, you know? Like it's 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 bad. It's bad. It's really bad." Um, so yeah, every time I, every time I talk about it, I guess I'm in a, you know, a, a pessimistic light and, um, it's hard to be positive about, you know, trans rights and, and things like that. But, um, you know, I am, 
I'm obviously not the biggest um, flag waver, and I'm aware of that. Um, but there are people that are, and I respect those people that uh, that fly that flag, and you know, make this their life to not just themselves but to others, because an equitable and um, equality has to happen for all, right? You know, it's um, it's something that was taught with, you know, like the Black Panthers and the Rainbow Rainbow Coalition. I think that's what it's called. Where it's not, where it's not just about black people getting equality, right? It's about at that point Asian Americans and Latin Americans getting equality as well, right? You don't, and and people even in even in the intersection of race are still confused about trans issues, and they still can't quite. They can't quite get it. They can't quite get it there. Get there, you know what I mean? And that's unfortunate. Um, because in that form of intersectionality, when it comes to something like trans issues, that's still a minority, right? And there are people that are black. There are people that are Asian. There are people that are Hispanic, Latin, slash Latin, that are also trans. So you're going to exclude them because you don't like the fact that they literally changed their whole life on a dime not on a dime but you know what i mean just like you know, they literally flipped it up flipped it <laughs> they flipped it so significantly probably the most significantly you can do as a human right now that's crazy that's crazy um but you know i do what i can i see it um and i flag it but um, yeah, there needs to be there needs to be the media really needs to um, improve significantly, not just to trans issues. They got many other issues that the media has. The UK media especially has is just rotten to the core. Um, but the trans issues is, I think, a very easy example to use as to how garbage UK, especially mainstream media, are being. Let's hop into music, and um, this is all about uh, a harpist who I have never heard of until I read this article. Um, it's written by a harpist. Uh, funny enough, she labels herself um, on socials Harpista, um, which is very fun. Great title and a great nickname, I guess. And um, she recently dropped um, last week one of my favorite albums of the year so far, um, Brand New Life, um, and is written. This is uh, via The Guardian. It's written by Miss Brandy Younger. Um, and this is called Dorothy Ashby was the pioneer harpist who opened up the instrument to black musicians like me. And as I was listening to the album, which, as you can imagine, is very harp focused, um, but with a lot of elements, um, there even there's even, you know, Pete Rock and Ninth Wonder, two of the, in my mind, two of the greatest um, producers of all, hip-hop producers of all time, producers, period. And... Um, you know, it, it, it lends itself to different flavors um, in inside the inside the album. You get a bit of hip hop, you get a bit of soul with the likes of Moomoo Fresh on there. It's a very fascinating album, um, and it's unique just because it's Brandy Younger playing a harp. 
When was the last time you heard a harp dominate an album? For me, it was last Brandy Young's last album. <laughs> and I was thinking, as I was listening, I was just like, how prevalent is the harp, it, har, uh, the, the harp these days? I really don't know. Um, I hope to get maybe an answer here. Um, but in this case, um, I'm assuming uh, this is going to be a little bit of a history lesson. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump right in. Let's enjoy. I began playing harp at 11. And the traditional path to follow with the instrument was the classical music one. Of course, where all the players I saw study or studied were whites, I found it quite an isolating, lonely life, being the only black person at every harp event or recital I went to. At the same time, growing up in New York, I was just surrounded by hip hop. One day, I heard the amazing harp sample on a Pete Rock track, and I realised I could improvise and incorporate these other types of music. Excuse me, on the instrument too. But I had no idea who was playing on that sample until a few years later, I came upon a picture of Dorothy Ashby. Here was a black woman photographed playing my instrument. I had an immediate desire to dig deeper into her life. I went on a rampage of discovery and found out she had done exactly what I wanted to do with the harp. She improvised and played jazz on her own records, but she also played uh, popular covers, soundtrack music, and appeared on sessions with everyone from Stevie Wonder to Bill Withers and Minnie Ripperton. Uh, Hers was the harp I heard on that Pete Rock track. I realised I wasn't alone in what I wanted to do with the instrument. And I was shocked that more people didn't know about her work. Being a woman in jazz in the 50s and 60s when she was playing was no easy feat. Never mind playing an obscure instrument like the harp. She wasn't playing traditional repertoire uh, and she was black. She had every factor working against her. Yet she still produced 11 wonderful albums and I decided that at each concert I gave I would cover a track of hers as well as the uh, work of her contemporary Alice Coltrane to keep the interest in her pioneering music alive. What makes Dorothy's uh, music so uh, special is that she was always pushing pushing forwards. She would maximise the sound of the harp in different styles of music from funk to soul and jazz, giving it chord voicings like a piano or guitar while keeping its essence alive. She could play almost anything on the instrument and make it sound good. Over, I've covered several of her tracks on record over the years, from Wax and Wayne to Soul Vibrations and Afro Harping. But I knew that for my latest album, Brand New Life, I wanted to go deeper into her work. I had found a number of her written compositions for theatre pieces and unrealised projects that had never been recorded, and I decided to bring them to an audience for the first time. Since Dorothy had such an expansive mind and was always interested in what was happening in music at the time that she was writing, I didn't want to just recreate her tunes like covers. Instead, I got Makaya McRaven, shout out, love me some Makaya McRaven, involved to produce the record and add his own style of looping and sampling to update these tracks for 2023. We recorded several of Dorothy's existing competitions, uh, compositions, sorry, such as Dust and Come Live With Me, as well as adding originals of my own, create, created in her spirit. Every addition to Dorothy's compositions were intentional. The vibraphone on the never before uh, never before heard you're a girl for uh, for one man only is a nod to the work that she did with Terry Pollard on her album Soft Winds and the Swinging Harp, while the use of strings on several of her, uh, of the other tracks was in homage to the way she employed them as a gorgeous background texture on her track Games. We even managed to get Pete Rock featured on another unreleased composition, Living and Loving in My Own Way, which brought things full circle back to how 
I first heard Dorothy's work. Oh gosh, I I I I need to stop for a minute because this is crazy. I didn't realize how deep this was. This is absolutely outstanding. See, sometimes when you listen to an album, right off the bat, you're just like, I like it, right? You don't know why you like it, but you like it. I knew why I liked it. You know, when you have Pete Rock and Knife Wonder on a project, I, you know, I'm gonna like it, right? <laughs> but the fact that Makaya McCraven is part of this as well, and the fact that she bases all off the back of Dorothy Ashby and just uh, modernized it. That backstory, man, that backstory is adding so much fucking flavor to this album. Now that I'm thinking back to it and I'm just like, fuck, this is crazy how fucking good this is. It's so absurd. This is, oh, man, I, oh, God, I love it. 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 I love the background here. Dorothy died in 1986 and was never appreciated in the way she should have been when she was alive. She was almost silenced by her circumstances. The heart may not dominate the stage like singers or other instrumentalists uh, can, but the way she was playing it and composing for it in so many different settings deserved more attention. She uh, Had she lived just a few years longer, she would have been able to hear how her work meshed so well with the hip-hop. Uh, she would have enjoyed the fruits of her labour. I want people to hear this album to discover her catalogue. There still exists a misconception that the harp only belongs in an orchestra, but the likes of Dorothy and Alice Coltrane showed us decades ago that it can go, go to so many other places. In Dorothy's work, there is something for everyone, and I will keep honouring her legacy as long as I am playing. It is a lifelong project. Fucking outstanding. I, can't, I, I oh, God damn it. I, I, I didn't expect the article to be that great, but um, yeah, love it. I'm so glad I've gotten the background here, and now that I do, um, it's just just really escalated how um genuine and again i said unique before funny how i said that right but genuinely feels unique now thinking about it it's just um yeah man love it outstanding shout to miss brandy younger um and shout to dorothy ashby man absolutely outstanding So now we turn our attention to the long read. So for this long read, we get to uh, we present uh, for fade to grey. Why is colour disappearing from the world? It's written by Neelam Taylor, spelled T-A-I-L-O-R, and it was published on November twenty third, twenty twenty two. And what I said, Mr. Prime. As I went for my daily evening scroll around TikTok, the algorithm took me to a corner of the app where everyone was talking about colour. Colour is disappearing from the world, creators announced, sharing a chart published by the Science Museum group that looked like a vortex of grey swallowing up all things joyful and good. The graphic reflected a study for which researchers analysed around 7,000 photographs of everyday objects from the museum's collection. Created between 1800 to 2020, the rise in grey, or decline in the variety of colours used between 1800 and about 1980, was the most notable trend the researchers noticed. And while the study is nowhere broad enough to make any sort of generalisations, there's a reason it got such a huge reaction online. 
Perhaps you've noticed it too. On our roads, yellow cars are much fewer and further between, as the most popular new car colours in the UK haven't strayed from grey, black and white since 2000, and the most sought-after paint colours from paint brands Dulux and Farrow and Ball in 2020 were 50 shades of grage. Tie that to the rise of that sad beige lady who has gained nearly 200k followers on TikTok mocking the growing trend of beige clothes and toys for children, and remember when McDonald's started trading in its red roofs and plastic yellow chairs for a wood and snake decor in 2006? Oh, and apparently birds native to Europe are on average less colourful now too thanks to climate change. But is colour actually disappearing? According to anthropologist Dr. Nicole Truesdell, it really depends on where you look, because colour is still thriving outside of the Western countries primarily represented in the Science Museum's collection. Riccardo Falcinelli, an Italian designer and author of Chromarama, a bible on the history of colour, thinks the main reason for the West's move towards grey is for some silence from visual noise, the brightened barrage of marketing that fights for our attention through packaging, billboards and screens. Quote, A colourful world is no longer something new, it's something commercial, he says. In the same way that we criticise consumerism, we criticise too many colours. People, he adds, have a huge desire for calmness right now, particularly in cities. This constant commercial assault isn't what colour represented back in the 1960s. Chemical dyes were first created in the mid-19th century, and by the mid-20th century, cheap chemical dyes were widespread, and colourful clothes were no longer more expensive than plain ones, Falconelli told me. During this post-war period, colour represented people's progressive politics, Falconelli explains. Think psychedelic floral wallpapers with bright red sofas and blue shag carpets. Loose clothing covered in swirling oranges, purples and greens. Colour was core to the counterculture movement and how hippies of the time showed their anti-establishment outlook, pushing back on the more constrained 1950s. The civil rights and women's rights movements gained traction, bringing a level of freedom of expression. A more liberal mindset brought a liberal use of bright colours, the proliferation of drugs like LSD likely played into the psychedelic palettes of the time too. As the 1970s brought in disillusionment and mass unemployment, particularly in the UK, you saw bright colours juxtaposed with black in punk aesthetics to signify anger and rebellion. Another quote, Colour communicates only in a specific context. If that context changes, that colour doesn't mean what it used to mean, Falconelli says. Consider the colour purple. Originally extracted from the mucus gland of a sea snail, it was once a sign of extreme wealth due to its rarity and cost. Blue, from indigo plants imported from India, and before that from Afghanistan's semi-precious lapis lazuli stone, was similarly rare and expensive, and rich westerners would wear it and collect colourful ornaments as trophies to signify their international access and proximity to power during colonisation. Quote, I think something that's important to hone down is that whiteness and power can express itself in different ways. And sometimes ornament is used as a way of expressing power and domination, says Isa Segalovich, a lecturer in interior design history. She continues, The context that we are in right now, in the 2020s, is one of erasure. In the 60s, 70s and 80s, you saw more of a corporate co-option of culture and colour, which were popular and companies could make money off of. You also saw a lot of Orientalism there as well, 
the corruption of something that looked exotic or something that looked like it was from a paradise place. The relationship between colonization, whiteness, and capitalism has an important part to play in why this aesthetic of whites, beiges, and greys is popular in design right now too. According to Truesdale, there is a quote resurgence of people coming back to their ancestry unquote after centuries of colonization and forced assimilation. With this comes a return to colour, pattern and ornament from different cultures, folklores and spiritual practices. As a response, the system of power that once consumed space through colonising land is now using homogenous minimalist design and colour to consume space in a more insidious way. Speaking about gentrification in cities, Truesdale says, quote, What happens when new developments come in? Any inkling of that location having its own essence is removed in favour of this Scandinavian style. But why does that design make sense in that location? Why do we privilege certain aesthetics over others? Unquote. If you live in a city, you've probably seen this play out. The coffee shops and expensive yoga studios with exposed brick, white walls, naked light bulbs and concrete floors replace kebab shops and corner stores, just as the area's racialized residents are priced out by wealthy, often white, young professionals. This is how whiteness plays out through colour and design, whether in Hackney, East London, or Brooklyn, New York. Segalovich has looked specifically at how this minimalist and colourless design style shows up in coffee shops. On her TikTok, she shows images of the colourful coffee shops created by locals for their own community that are less common now, often replaced by coffee shops that function more as glorified co-working spaces. Quote, all of this goes along with an obsession with streamlining, cutting the unnecessary colour and ornament for an aesthetic of optimization. There's this idea that the most minimal thing will deliver the most benefits the quickest, she says. In Chromophobia, author David Batchelor contrasts colour and whiteness in the context of West's uh, obsession with rationality. Quote, you can never have colour without emotion, he writes. Colour is always seen as too much to do with pleasure and the senses, unquote. In the case of interiors, there's also a move away from seeing a home as somewhere to settle, indulge and make your own. Instead, homes are seen as transient investments, painting your walls, elephant's breath, a pharaoh and bull favourite, or another shade of grey will make it more appealing to a wider range of people when it comes to time to sell up, compared with bright green walls, for example. A study by Zillow found that choosing tones like white, grey, light blue and navy could increase your home's worth by nearly $5,000. In packaging, we've seen a similar colour drain for a completely different reason. In the wake of the climate crisis, sustainability, or the appearance of it, has become branding gold, according to Falconelli. Organic is one of the most powerful words in marketing right now. With this comes a move away from obviously artificial colours in favour of neutral tones and a preference for natural materials. Consumers' move towards sustainability is a major reason why McDonald's underwent a major makeover in 2006, when red and yellow exteriors were swapped for brown wood and slate cladding. Falconelli says, In 2009, the chain took things a step further, replacing the red background behind its golden arches with a green one to promote a more eco-friendly image in Europe. Quote, if people want organic, McDonald's doesn't know how to compete because they don't do that kind of thing. And so they do something more superficial. They change the colour of the walls. They cannot change the sandwich, Falconelli explains. The more muted tones are also a reflection of the state of the world right now. On top of the climate emergency, the cost of living is incredibly high. 
Politics across Europe are shifting to the right, and there is a war in Ukraine with a growing nuclear threat. This is not a magenta period, says Falconelli. If you go on Netflix, there is a lot of black and dark colours on the posters. A lot of the series take place during the night or while it's raining. I think it's not just a matter of style. We are living in a period of crisis, not a technicolour period. While if you looked at Hollywood posters of the 50s, you had a lot of colours. It was a much more optimistic period post-war, unquote. So is this future grage? No, there will be colour. Humans are made to experience it. Our eyes can distinguish between about 10 million different shades, but the beigeification of the West is worth examining, both for what it says about our current tastes and what it says about the challenges of our present day. So that was Fade to Grey, Why is Colour Disappearing from the World, written by Neelam Taylor, uh, published in We Present on November 23rd, 2022. And since I have time, I can talk about it a little bit. See, difference from a regular show and a long read is I could do a long read and then talk about it. There you go. Look at the flexibility we got in here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm liking this. It's, it's, it's looking good. You know, as I talk, I'm literally looking at a lava lamp right now. It's um, it's a mixture. Uh, it's a classic Mathmos. Um, you know, just proper sixties. You know, what I mean, back in the day, kind of lava lamp, right? And um, you know, it's, it's got mixtures of, excuse me, blues, um, blues and turquoise, kind of shading. Excuse me, um, with a uh, with kind of a purple going on in the actual. I don't know what you want to call it. Not like the not the stalagmite, but the you know the kind of like the the liquid surrounding it, so to speak. You know what I mean? The the openness of it is more purple, right? Blue turquoise purple. That's what I'm saying. And I love it. Um, I have my light. I turn my lights off for most of the night, um, unless I need to look. You know, I have backlighting on my keyboard. I can see my keys, right? Um, and it's just nice. It's nice to have it. Just um, you know, just to watch that blue shit float up. And, you know, split into little bubbles and, you know, crash into each other. It's, you know, it's incredibly appealing. Um, I love it. It's, um, I got it for Christmas and it's one of my favourite Christmas presents I've had in years. Um, it's it's goaded. I love it to death. Um, when I look up, I have, you know, posters of um, Lauren Hill. I have a vinyl artwork of DJ Premier. I have um, metal posters that I used to have, um, that I used to have, that I do have, um, that I bought from university, um, during university anyway, um, of Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye and Prince and there, you know, blue and black and orange. Um, on the left of me, I have my, I have, I have a, you know, kind of like a wall of vinyl surrounding me. I have a uh, Sims, got Nao, got Emily Sande, got Patrice Russian, I've got Miss Education of Lauren Hill. And right at the front of me, I have a uh, piece of art that uh, my pops bought me for, uh, I think, when we were in Senegal, I'd like to say. Um, it was like Senegal, the Gambia. But, um, and that was and that was years ago. That was 2006. Um, so I still have it. And, um, you know, I love it. It's, you know, it's a mixture of, it's mainly blue. Um, it's got some white shading up top and uh, a little bit of black and black border as well. It's nice. You know what I mean? And, you know, in front of those, I just have pictures. Um, I have a signed Denzel Curry little um, 
square uh, picture of his album artwork. Um, I have some school photos, just um, you know, my passport photo from when I was a youth. It's nice, you know. I've got colour around me, um, especially the lava lamp. And um, you know, it's interesting because I was thinking I was, when I saw this article in November, uh, when I saw this long read, I was just like, "Fuck, that's so true, it's so fucking true." Because you know, my my sister and my mother have been you know thinking about. Uh, well, they've done it. They did it. They did it. Um, we had in our living room, we had this, in my mind, this beautiful wine red um, wall going across our living room, and I really liked it. Just it's just it's just it was just nice. It was different, right? It's, it's fresh, um, and um, and she and they replaced it. They replaced it with I I don't know what I want to call it. <laughs> it's I don't yes you know kind of like beige, right? It's just boring, boring. Boring. That's all. I, that's all I can say. Boring. Um, you know, my room right now. I I have all this artwork in front of beige, and it fucks me off. I hate this color beige. If I if I could be asked, I would paint this whole room. I really would. I don't know what color, but I'd fucking paint it. Um, or at least get some sick wallpaper. You know what I mean? Um, at least at least cover it with some wallpaper that. Um, you know, just just in just in like the main wall where you know op- opposite my bed and maybe where I'm looking at right now when I'm recording, I I cover those two walls. You know the other wall, um, the third. The, there's no fourth wall here. Um, the 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 other uh, the other side of my room is a window. So, um, yeah. But you know, the third wall is covered by another piece of artwork that I just inherited when I moved in here. It was just there, and I just decided to keep it. It's nice. It's um, it's kind of like um, it's it's one of those um. You know, canvases that split into three, but you know it's the same thing. Um, it's like a sunset. It's it's nice. It's you know, it's really it's really nice vibe. Um, not that I look it too often. Um, but yeah, you know, I like color. I like having color in my room. You know, in some fashion. Because I remember my my second year university accommodation was so fucking depressing. It was so depressing. It was the largest room in the house. Um, I didn't really care. Um, but I. I played rock, paper, scissors with um, one of my housemates and I won. So, you know, but I don't need that kind of space. It's very, it was very large. And um, I didn't have enough, I didn't have enough shit to just, you know, cover it. Right. I didn't have enough stuff. Um, so it just left, it just left like a big, this is a wide open space and there was just nothing to do with it. Um, and these these big ass beige walls. And I was just like, oh, fucking hell. It's just, it's just dep- it depresses me. It really does depress me. Um, and yeah, you know, and uh, funny enough, you know what I mean? We did, we got our kitchen renovated, and uh, what what's the color they what's the color we picked? What's the color we picked? We picked light blue cabinets, <laughs> light blue cabinets, and gray laminate flooring. You can't write this, ladies and gentlemen. It's so fucking true. This art, this long read is so fucking true. We literally just default into greys, beiges, whites, blacks, and at best, light blues. It's so shit. It's really crap. Even, and I've been thinking about this really properly. Um, in the past year, I've been really trying to colour up my wardrobe. I was looking at my wardrobe and I was like, apart from maybe basketball jerseys um, and like football shirts, I didn't have much colour, um, you know, Maybe like a red with black, you know. <laughs> but most of my hoodies were blue and black and grey, and 
and they still are to be fair you know what i mean but um you know i've i've tried to switch up a bit you know what i mean i've got i've got um you know i've got a purple jacket you know what i mean i've got a red one as well um switching up a bit you know what i mean getting some colors in there while it's not you know yellows and greens i'm, I'm not confident to get that far ahead right now um you know it's getting there i'm 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 i mean i'm happy with where i'm going in terms of what i wear right not that it really fucking matters right it's all clothing at the end of the day i'm not really that fashion forward right i just know what i like i literally <laughs> i literally cop some uh adidas superstars yesterday can't wait for fucking for, to rock those those bad boys fucking hell my light blue fit oh it's coming it's coming i've got a light blue fit for you guys i've got a white and blue fit for you guys oh my gosh I'm gonna flex it. but anyway apart from that i just like and i really love colors um I have a, I have a, um, I have a, a, a list of hex codes um, that I've saved over the years that I really enjoy and I might use for something. Um, I purposely, I have a, I have a hex code for this podcast. Um, the the purple that you see in the for the artwork for the show is a very specific purple. I picked that purple. Um, I look for it. Um, I, I could give you the hashtag, but. <laughs> I don't need a jacket. It's my purple. <laughs> it's it's um it's my five VPN purple. Um, I have the fifth element yellow, that piss yellow that I use for some things, right? And for the fifth element in general, that's a specific yellow that I've that I've curated for myself. Um, for the other pods, there's you know there's specific. I I have um you know for insert a source. I asked for this particular purple when I I wasn't doing the cover for that. I didn't do the artwork for it. But I just, well, I said, do what you want, but I just need some purple in there. That's all I wanted. I wanted, I wanted the podcast purple, and I did, and it's there. And it's the exact same as what you see here on What's Good. Um, and that's what I love, man. I love that. I love the coordination. I love color coding. It's very fascinating to me. But right now, it's just, um, you know, every car I see, dead, dead colors, man. Going, I'm going to my pops um, in like an hour or so to fucking... Uh, go see uh, uh, the, watch the fucking Chelsea Real Madrid game, which I'm expecting Chelsea to get absolutely fucking battered in. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm such a good son. I'm such a good son. I'm going to my dad so he can laugh in my face as an Arsenal fan. To me, a Chelsea fan, as Chelsea get fucking duppied by Real Madrid. I'm I'm such a good son. The things I do, eh? But um, yeah, as to finish, um, shout out to colours, man. Like there, there's there's so many. Um, and we really take it for granted. And um, I, th- this article is fascinating to me, but it also makes me kind of sad because it's so fucking true. And I didn't even get into the whiteness and the colonization side of things. Are you crazy? I can't believe I didn't even think about it like that. I really didn't. I really didn't think about it like that. And I'm glad that people are embracing their cultures again um, more um, overtly. And, you know, wearing dashikis and, uh, you know, and South Asian garb as well. Not just for shit like weddings, but in general, just rocking that shit. I love it. I'm here for it. Embrace your colours, ladies and gentlemen. Embrace your colours, whatever you may be. Please embrace your colours. Um, find your colour and embrace that shit. It doesn't have to be black. It doesn't have to be blue, navy, light blue, grey, black and white. It doesn't have to be any of those. Get a... Get a Try wine red, try purple, try uh, forest green, you know what I mean, just try, <laughs> bars, just um, try something different, 
just um, you know, I'm not saying participating in consumerism again uh, as 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 more you maybe are. I um, mean, in a deep way, I'm not saying you know continue, uh, you know up it up up your consumerism game, but you know, just 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 embrace some color in your life, get some wallpaper. You know what I mean? Do do you know, do something. Get some color in your life. It really, I feel, I feel like it really helps. Um, as I again look at my love in it. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth M Podcast Network, I have been Charlie Taylor, and this has been what's good. Intro music has been too much by Vanilla. Thanks to Chill Music for the ability to use. Uh, also, Chill Music as well. Um, you can find their links in the full show notes. And also the in, the interlude music for my long reads as well. God, I gotta I gotta find that as well. Fuck, I, I didn't even think about this. I'm doing this in real time. Uh, where you at? Where you at? Oh yeah, sometime soon by Tesk. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, John Records uh, for chill music for the bit to use both. Find all their links in the full show notes, and of course, Snappy High uh, for the charismatic interlude in the beginning. Uh, well, for the first interludes, oh god, this is so complicated. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. This is, I'm gonna have to workshop this part. Clearly, I'm gonna have to workshop the outros if I'm gonna keep doing these long reads uh, within the show. Um, but with that said, I think it was pretty successful. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this particular one. Uh, let me know if you have any feedback. Uh, let me know. And with that said, hope you all have a good week. I should always, always try and do the same. But until the next time, take easy, ladies and gentlemen.